0: Good morning, Ray. Good
1: morning, John. How are you today?
0: I'm doing great, man. How are you?
1: Fantastic. I'm doing uh, pretty exceptional. i got to fix the mic here. Yeah, it's great. Now it's great.
0: I, you know, I don't think I would know what to do if you didn't. <laughs> it, I have been my in my hand here. A
1: crisp $20 bill. Wow. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to give it to... Uh, I'm going to come up with a contest. Oh. For our podcast. Yeah. And I'm going to give it to... Uh, Whoever, well, I haven't decided
0: yet, but there'll be a contest. And There's a contest that the the winner will receive this, that this $20, $20 bill, bill that's currently in your hand. By the end of the show. And I can attest there is a physical $20 U.S. currency bill yep. in your hand. Andrew Jackson, baby. I see it. He's there. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to set right. that
1: aside so nobody can steal it.
0: So are you going to do that before the end of the episode?
1: Yeah. Okay. Before we finish recording. All right. Somebody's
0: going to win that. Yeah, so you got to listen to the full episode in order to find out if you could potentially win a $20 bill.
1: Well, I mean, they won't be able to win because they won't hear it until they, until it's recorded and ended and uploaded
0: and edited and all that. Right, but what I said was they have to listen to the end yeah. in order to find out if they can win. Oh. <laughs> no, I'll tell them now they can't. They're not- yeah. yeah. If you're listening to this right now, you can't win. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know what the yeah, hell. It's going to be exclusively for people who have not listened to this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, okay, Ray. So, uh, you got any current events? Uh, we, we should say it's uh, Friday. It is. This is, you know, a lot of times on Friday we do two episodes. We do. Well, we had done an episode like. That I was supposed to release last Tuesday, this past Tuesday.
0: And you released it today.
1: <laughs> I, I re- technically released it what? on Thursday. Okay. Which it was like 11.30 when I uploaded it. P.M. P.M. Yeah.
0: So you were well within the midnight requirement yeah. to be Thursday.
1: Yeah, because we don't like to release two episodes a day. Correctly. For some reason. But. For, for some reason. But so episode seventy one technically went out yesterday, but not really was available for people to hear until this morning, and then we recorded another one and released that about three o'clock today, and now it's like four thirty, and we're going to do a third episode uh, in the same day.
0: Well, yeah, no, right. It'll be so, our second one for today. Yeah, and it won't be released today. Right, 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 right,
1: right. right. Am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? Right. So when are we going to release it do you think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we should tell the audience so as they're listening they'll know when it'll be available.
0: All right. Well, you know, seeing how that has, those duties have fallen on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, when would you like to release it, John? I was going to say is uh,
1: that I had no decision making ability in that decision apparently. It has just fallen unbeknownst to me.
0: I have now become the official releaser of this podcast. No, I said that it; those duties have fallen. Yeah. Up until now, on you. Oh. But not necessarily moving forward. Hey, anything could happen.
1: <laughs> what well, is there something I should know about Ray? No telling. There... No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Am I going to replace myself? I'm staying. Am I going to? I'm going to accidentally uh, be falling to cancer? Oh, gosh, no. Okay. I'm just checking. All right. Be some weird accident in well, the Bahamas. I, you know, I mean, who knows? It, snorkeling it, accident. Listen, John, it's 2020. If you invite me to go to the Bahamas or on a cruise or a plane ride, <laughs> anytime in the next two weeks, or I'm go not to going
0: to Carol Baskin's uh,
1: <laughs> Tiger Farm. <laughs> okay, we're going to go have, uh, hey, John, we're going to have uh, an exotic getaway. <laughs> You know, we're going to eat with the lions, and we're going to sleep with the fishes. You'll love it.
0: (laughs) Listen, just because I've invited you on an exotic trip doesn't mean I have ill will. Look, I've seen Godfather. I know what sleep with the fishes means. Oh, yeah. You and Luca Brasi. Luca Brasi. Luca. Leave
1: leave the gun. Take the cannoli. That's all I remember about Luca Brasi. All right. So, uh, have you ever been to 4th Street on Louisville? On Louisville, in Louisville? No. I'm sitting here looking at my screensaver. Is that 4th Street in Louisville? Yeah. How
0: about I, that?
1: I landed in Louisville one time. When you know were... what? I have been there. You have? Yeah. Kind of looks like New Orleans. I uh, mean, a little bit. But it's got like an underground Louisville or something. Okay. You go in there and it's like, you can go up to one or two stories. You can go down a story and be... Below the downtown, yeah, I think
0: that's like there's an area outside Dallas. Is it called Fort Worth? No, it's uh, I can't think of what the name of it is, but it's just uh, used to be an industrial area, and they turned it into all bars and restaurants. Yeah. And you pay like one admission, and you can go into any of the bars. And like there's a hip hop bar and a country bar and oh. all kind of stuff. Yeah, I was cool. just imagining like nine Gillies out there. No.
1: They're very diverse. I can't imagine like a K-pop bar in Dallas or a hip-hop bar in Dallas.
0: Oh. But I guess... So. Dallas, I it's the Metroplex.
1: Yeah, I know. It. So I guess you know, I'm a little naive. When I think Texas, right. Dallas, I yeah. think cowboy hats and boots. Right.
0: Longhorns. You know, my father was raised in Dallas. Yeah? Yeah. And he said his parents taught him to hate sin and people from Fort Worth, yeah. and not necessarily in that order.
1: What's the deal with Fort Worth? Why do uh, I think there's kind
0: of a, you know, a, a rivalry? natural rivalry between Dallas and Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, well, I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the there date, you go. The data is conclusive on that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's the first time I've made a statement, and you've adopted that statement <laughs> as fact. Well, you've scared me with the Bermuda trip.
1: I'm a little worried. I don't, I've, I've, You got me. For anybody out there listening, um, I'm not saying... Look, Ray is a wonderful person, and I'm not saying I'm under any duress. But, you know, if you could send me a check for $50,000... <laughs> it,
0: might, it might help. It might help with your Bermuda trip. <laughs> to go swim with sharks. So I'm going to sleep with the fishes. i tell you what it would do.
1: Help us buy a nicer scotch. <laughs> you don't like my monkey shoulder? Podcast refreshments. Monkey shoulder. I, man, I don't... I think I don't like scotch anymore. Wow. I mean, yeah. Jaw drop. Pick your jaw up off the yeah, floor. Yeah, that's a pretty
0: bold statement right there. Everybody do that dinosaur. What? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what? I said that's a pretty bold statement right there. You don't like scotch anymore.
1: I know. I just don't think I like so, it.
0: So, so what's your preferred beverage of choice?
1: I've been. I know this sounds crazy, but I've been uh, on the bush mills lately.
0: Irish, Irish whiskey. I yeah. really, really I like it's. It's it tastes like candy. It's so makes you want to fight. Like in that Irish stance, you know, like the like the little leprechaun with
1: the the tops of your hands facing out. Oh, absolutely! Like Notre Dame, rolled up with
0: that, yeah, like the Notre Dame mascot there (laughs) with the one fist out front. (laughs) Absolutely, oh man! Love about that. Yeah, it's all theater of the mind, anyway.
1: Uh, The last time I got in a fight, it was televised. It (laughs) was back when I was in MMA. And
0: uh, you know, John, I was actually on a televised fight. Oh yeah, I was.
1: Yeah, as an audience member? No, you were the referee. No, an announcer.
0: Nope, you were in a fight. I was. You were one of the participants. I was one of the two participants in the fight. Wow, it was at the University of Florida. It was called Slugfest. Okay, and Slugfest is where there's four uh, uh, fraternities that participate. And each one put a person to be their fighter for each weight class. Okay. And it was televised on ESPN. What? I don't know, like thirty-two. <laughs> I don't know like some discreet ESPN, you know, number like the Ocho. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was called Slugfest from the University of Florida, and uh, yeah, and I won. You won. I did. I I wouldn't have. Yeah, heavyweight class. Is this a threat, Ray? No, absolutely not. No, I'm a lover, not a fighter. No, I'm good. taking a weird turn. My fighting days are long behind me. Uh, I I start to get upset, and I think, you know what? That gun's not loaded, is it? (laughs) Put your pants on. What? Don't you remember the office where uh, Dwight was recording their meeting? Oh. And Jim looked over at Dwight and said, You know, let the record show. Dwight has his pants off. <laughs> he is now threatening Phyllis. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, so. Good stuff. This, is, this is great uh, entertainment right here, bro.
0: Absolutely.
1: What is our. Uh, oh, first of all, welcome to Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, right. a podcast about everything automotive and a lot of stuff that isn't automotive. A, a casual podcast. Yeah. I loved saying that. Okay. So the people listening don't think, wow, these guys sound unprofessional. Yeah. That's the
0: joke.com. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe hashtag that's the joke. <laughs> dot com. Is that like from the 90s? Yeah. That's the joke.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome to 2020, John. Uh, it's hashtag. Uh, it's hey. all about the Hashtag.
1: You know, some of those references, you know, like uh, parachute pants, they, they come back. Okay. You know, some of the sayings, come with some of the fashions.
0: We we played a game last night. I mean, it just kind of evolved Yeah. with my three kids, my wife and I, where we would each play a song and it was up to the rest of the people just off of our iPod list or, or, or you know, iTunes, whatever, and the others would have to come up with the name of the song and the performer. Okay. And as soon as they came up with it, you stopped the song and the next person got to go. And some, I mean, within like the first uh, two notes, you yeah. would be like, and they'd nail it. And okay, that's it. Turn it off. And uh, and some would go on because they might come up with the name, but not the artist or the artist, yeah. not the name. And I don't yeah, think it I could fun. come up with any that were from the last 10 years. Well, and I mean, I wasn't playing things from the last 10 years.
1: No, I would imagine the kids might be. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. But, you know, my other kids were also listening, so if it was oh. very popular, they'd come up with it.
1: Yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I thought it would be like parents <laughs> versus their <laughs> right. kids or something. I like Stump Dad. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right. No, thank and, and God. I, I can imagine your wife, Kate,
0: like, you know, picking, I don't know, the B-52s or right. something that, you know. Well, and those type songs, the yeah. kids came up with quick. Really? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the 80s are a popular popular genre. I think you should ask them if they know what parachute pants are.
1: Uh, you know, I, I suspect they would. I, I, would, I
0: would assume not. Uh, not having ever seen them. Yeah. But understand the reference.
1: All right. What about hammer pants, bro? What were those called? Were they just called hammer pants?
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess they were. You were wearing a pair of those last week. You know why, why you feel the need? <laughs> and if everybody, if the people listening understood how much joy you found in these obscure references to things that never occurred. I mean, right now, you can't even speak. You're laughing so hard. I mean, I won't... <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet so they can hear and there are tears coming out of your eyes, are they not? <laughs> and it's just are you envisioning me actually wearing this thing that you, I never I don't own, I haven't put on. Is that is that why you're laughing so hard? Oh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean and I've I, done the podcast in hammer pants, I don't know why you're Again, not true. Okay. So it what is, a, is our
0: topic du jour, Ray? It's a different time. That's our topic of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so today, right now, mm-hmm. we are going to talk about why it's difficult to implement change in a business, specifically a dealership.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's what's the big deal about new procedures, new processes, Um uh, we new departments, right?
0: Yeah. Why is it so that.
1: hard to uh, to put these things together? Okay. Right? And why do
0: people fight it so much? Yeah. I think the the first thing that I had come up with was we're pretty successful right now. Why do we need to change? I mean, we're doing just fine.
1: Yeah. This is the way we've always done it, right? <laughs> it's worked for us in the past. Hey, things are going okay. You know, my biggest comeback to that is oh, so you're okay with being okay. Right. You know, right. so mediocrity is
0: fine with you. You, yeah. you don't want to get any better. No. And yeah, I've been to dealerships where they said, hey, we've been the number one in the region for the last two years, or number one in the, you know, Southeast region for the last two years. I think we're just fine. Okay. Great. Yeah. You know, congratulations. And I'll tell you what I said to that. Yeah, please. GSM. I said, yeah, you know what? But who was number one three years ago?
1: <laughs>
0: and I wonder what you know why they why they lost that number one position, right? In other how, words, how were
1: you able to attain yeah, the number in one? In other position? words,
0: obviously you haven't been the number one person or dealership in that region yeah. forever, right? Right. So there was something you were doing that caused you to overtake. Well, maybe this is the thing that other people are doing now that you're not. That's going to cause them to overtake you, maybe, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, my uncle uh, was a small business owner, and he told me once I worked for him for a summer when I was a kid, and uh, he said, if you're not changing, then you're going out of business. Yeah. Because your competition is.
0: Absolutely.
1: uh, It always stuck with me. I think I was 16 years old when he told me that. Yeah. Because he was implementing some new thing, and and I'm going, oh, why are you doing that?
0: Oh, it's just the way, you know, we got to keep innovating. If well, you're not changing, you're going out of business, John. Yeah. It reminds me of that GM I told you. I talked to that one time who said, Ray, I will always continue to have you or someone like you coming into the dealership because I don't want to be the dealership that doesn't hear about the new thing first yeah. and stagnates. Right? Yeah, and then if everybody I'm,
1: else is two years ahead of you, right? Right.
0: Yeah, I don't want to have to be playing catch-up. I want to know about what's new now so I can be on the forefront of of implementing it. And I learned something about that 16 age time period yeah. in my life where it, a coach, you told me any day that you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. And the idea was if you're not getting better, you're stagnating and everybody else that you're going to compete against is taking this opportunity to get better So, you know, they're going to move ahead of you if you're not willing to participate in your own success.
1: Yeah, that dealership that's number one right now, they may say, hey, we reached the pinnacle. You know, we're we're at the peak of our success. Everything is wonderful. Let's just keep doing everything like this. Right. Well, then their competition keeps changing and innovating and doing these new, you know, maybe it's a manufacturer-endorsed idea or maybe it's BDC or whatever. Maybe it's digital retailing now. Yep. And they just keep doing the same old, same old, thinking, oh, we'll just keep doing what got us here. Well, hell, now, three years later, they get overtaken as number one. Well, they're three years behind. Right. You know, it's not like you can say, oh, okay, well, now we'll do that. Yeah. No, hell, they got a three-year head start on you, bro. They've already worked out the kinks. Yeah.
0: Amen. <clears throat> so what was the other thing we said we find resistance in, uh, in change? Now, I don't quite recall
1: exactly how I said it when we talked about it, but what I ran into most often in coaching and, and you know, a lot of the coaching that we have done is implementing BDC departments. Yeah. You know, just like right now, a lot of dealers are implementing digital retailing and, you know, you got to kind of get everybody together. You got to explain, all right, what does this look like? What does it mean? You know, how are we going to handle specific uh, objections? You know, how are we going to handle specific phone calls? so we did everything like that top to bottom and a lot of it was in the bdc world well a lot of times the pushback that i got from managers was they didn't understand it they didn't see how it was going to benefit them all they saw was the work end of it right they didn't see any of the benefit right but all i would do is go in and sit down with those managers and say look you know, I've been in the business 15 years, brother. I started as a salesman. I've been in your shoes. I've been a sales manager. I know the struggles that you're going through. Yeah. Talk to me. You know, what are you worried about? What's what's going to happen that you're, that, you know, it's going to impact you negatively? Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, it was just, well, I just don't understand this. Yeah. You know, I don't understand this process. Or, you know, how come I'm not in control of this process? Right. You know, that kind of thing. That was a
0: big piece. Yeah. Right? That they weren't in control of it. Yeah, yeah. you're asking me to give up my primary source of lead generation to another department where that's my bread and butter. And if, you know, just to be able to talk through it with them and what if I could provide you those leads more on an appointment basis where you've got at least some information on what they're coming in for, but they're more likely to show up and an appointed customer is 50% more likely to buy than an unappointed customer. God, why wouldn't you want as many appointed customers as possible?
1: A lot of times that's what it came down to is, you know, what do you love doing? What are your salespeople great at? Yeah. It's the face-to-face. Yeah. It's closing a deal with a person that's here. Yeah. Right? I mean, you. a lot of times I can say, look, when I first met you, you told me that you sucked at internet leads, right? Your salespeople calling them once, one and done. You know, what if I could give you more showroom traffic? And let somebody else handle all the headache of getting them here.
0: And let you know that those people are going to be followed up consistently and accurately, in order to be able to generate as many of those into.
1: Well, I think that's a very, very key point to make there, Ray. Is data. It's engagement. It's making sure that those sales managers, GSMs, GMs, dealer principal, know what's happening in the BDC. I want them to have data available at their fingertips. You know, saying, here's how many calls were made, here's how many phone calls, uh, here's how many conversations we had, and here's the results. You know, we set these uh, 50 appointments, and these 30 showed up, and these 20 bought.
0: Right. And we've been talking about BDC here just for the last minute or two. Yeah. But also with the, like you mentioned before, digital retail. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, how are, who's going to work those leads? Right? And what's the process going to be in order to make, make sure that we're providing those people with all the information that they need in order to move forward on a car deal?
1: It's kind of like we, we give salesmen a hard time if they can't answer, well, I'm just looking. Like, man, you're going to hear that. You know, five times a day, 150 times a month, right. you're going to hear, I'm just looking. What? <laughs> If we handle digital retailing, you know a salesman or a BDC or whoever's handling that lead, you know they're going to get questions about price and payment and rate and trade value. So if i got to walk up to the desk and every time, you know, me as a sales manager maybe, that guy's walking up to me going, hey, boss, I need a trade value. I better have a damn answer to that, right? Yeah.
0: Was he here? Yeah. (laughs) Where's the car? Oh, is he here? here. Yeah. Uh, Listen. You expect you, me to appraise a car? Oh, so he, even here. So you got a mind deal going on.
1: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Give that lead to Jeff. He right. knows how to get him in <laughs> right. here.
0: So, Jeff's been here
1: since 1991. Oh, He knows not, the real way to do this. He closes people
0: like you can't
1: believe. <laughs> no, what Jeff knows is there's no reason to waste time talking to that sales manager because he's going to say, where are they? Yeah. Just get them here. Get them here. I love it.
0: So, all right. So, what are some other reasons? Ultimately, our our conclusion is we've got to be open to new, innovative ideas. And one thing I say all the time is uh, the sales process, the you know, selling cars, it hasn't changed the format the technology the you know communication methods they may have changed but ultimately a car deal is a car deal yeah
1: i totally agree the communication methods the uh, different media that we use to connect may change but there are certain things that are never going away we yeah. got to have a price yeah. we got to have a a payment
0: plan we've got to have engagement we've got to have reasons to buy right why buys for me for my dealership for my product right i mean we've got to be able to express regardless of the medium we use why is it important for you to engage with us and do it in concise and customer oriented ways that's going to continue to engage people in doing doing business with your dealership. Yeah,
1: and it's funny you mentioned that about, you know, the responsibility falls on the sales team to supply all of those things to the client, right? Reasons to do business, re- reasons to buy here, reasons to buy today. But sometimes we forget as consultants or even, you know, as manufacturer representatives that, you know, we may have a manufacturer... Uh, initiative you know I know several um, several right now are getting on this digital retailing train they're requiring yeah. dealers to do things a certain way in their dealership well I guarantee you those people out there implementing that are getting pushback yeah I promise
0: you they are and it or falls... they're getting agreement that's all surface yeah yeah they're, they're, okay, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, do it yeah, that yeah, way. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's okay. a great idea we're gonna do that next
1: day after they leave sales meetings called alright guys look here's how we're really gonna do it yeah well I think that as the responsibility falls on the salesman to convince the client the responsibility also falls on uh, the the consultant or the manager the dealer to implement these processes amongst the management team yeah right yeah, I mean we have to get them on board we have to sell them on how this is going to benefit them
0: right and hey, with the, hey, and with the turnover, Right, I mean, it's it's a new breed or new flock of people that I have to get on board and excited about following our processes. You're talking about
1: salespeople or something.
0: Yeah, salespeople, yeah. but it doesn't matter the industry. right? I mean, it, it, ultimately, it's a matter of hey, here's a new way. Here's the the method it's going to follow. Right. In other words, process. Right. And. This is what the expectation is and let me know if you have any problems with this and we'll deal with those on a one-off basis. All right, so so
1: getting back to kind of the rebuttals or the objections that we get from you know sales managers or teams or you know different businesses and industries Why do people resist change so much? I I think we've nailed down that it's uncertainty. Yeah, it's no buy-in into the new process is going to be better. Right. It's cockiness that hey things are working. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to change. Uh, What can you think of any others? Any any obstacles we should overcome here?
0: Um. No. What about? I think buy-in is primary.
1: Yeah, and I guess that kind of covers all of them. You know, I'm not bought in because. Well, what about money, uh, resources? You know, I don't have the staff for that. I don't have the physical room for that. You know, I'd love to add five more salespeople, but hell, I don't have anywhere
0: to put them. Yeah, I worked with dealerships who were implementing a BDC because it was a requirement from their OEM, from the manufacturer. Yeah. And they just saw it as an additional cost. Yeah. And did not understand the potential value to it. It should be, if it's not a profit center, don't do it. I was going to say, for a lot of dealers, it is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's because they're not doing it right. Yeah, right. It's a cost, not a profit center.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, they are paying $300 or $3,000 a month to some vendor that got, you know, three GMs ago contracted with this vendor. They don't even realize that check's going out because the
0: accounting always handles right. it.
1: You know, or, we're not
0: using that tool. Or they're not gaining the value out of that new department. So now I've got, you know, I mean, it's like we've said before, right? The two-legged expense is the highest expense. So am I really gaining the value out of these people, right? I mean, I've been worked with BDCs where they take credit for 70% of what rent. was going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, so are you really telling me that, you know, had the BDC not been here that you would have been 70% lower on your total units.
1: Dude, my favorite is walking into a 200 unit store and they implement a BDC, you know, they did maybe they implemented BDC 6 months ago. Right. You know, now they're a 200 unit store, only the BDC's selling 100 units. Whereas a year ago they didn't have a BDC and they were doing 200. And the sales department was doing 200 units. Right. Well, now the sales department's doing 100, the BDC's doing 100. They're still a 200 unit store. Yeah. And I would walk into those places and go, man, look. Your BDC is failing. So, yeah, somebody somebody pulled the wool over your ass. Yeah. And I'm sure you're feeling like, you know, ravaged right now. Yeah. But let me tell you, we could fix this. Yeah. And it's so I hate seeing when that
0: happens. That but it's I just love
1: a, being able to say, hey,
0: I can fix this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can show you a benefit or at least explain
1: to you where you're failing. Well, we ought to talk, uh, maybe do a podcast. Uh, next week about remote BDC versus on-site BDC, what's the pros and cons of each, right? that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, getting back to... I uh, I lean more toward the on-site.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: I just think the value far outweighs the expense. Little teaser there, huh?
1: Yeah. I'm not going to give uh, you my
0: thoughts. Oh, good. They're going to be live and uh, original.
1: All right. (laughs) Spontaneous. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to say uh okay so yeah let's let's kind of recap then we have talked about financial physical location size that kind of thing i mean even lot size you know hell if i I could grow to be a 500 unit store if i had a bigger lot yeah. i can only fit so many cars on here right so yeah there are concerns in implementing any new policy whether it's Right. You know, organizational, a sales process, a new department.
0: And I think things like lot size are real constrictions. Yeah. Right. Now, there are just, mind constrictions. Well, no. I mean, just there, like there are real deals there, there and are are those, deals. There are those that are going to restrict the ability of this dealership to expand in their unit volume. Yeah. The other side of that is those that are just the mentality or the willingness to participate from their management team and, and staff. I agree. There are mental objection, mental walls up there.
1: Okay, Ray. So I can tell the music's gonna start soon. I can just uh, feel it oh, coming I on. Think I, I hear it. What What would you like to add here? Our topic being, you know, obstacles to change.
0: My final thought is, you got to be open to change, right? <laughs> if you're not open to change, bring your your issues. I mean, have an environment where it's free to say, "Here's why I don't feel like that will work," and ultimately be open to the change. Don't be the roadblock to yeah, potential don't, growth. Don't fight it because you're scared. Yeah. But be open
1: about. Uh, I, I think we should have a an open door policy about bring me your concerns. Yeah. But. If you're just straight up against it because you're never going to do it, now I got a problem we right. need to work through. Right. But hey, if if you're worried about some angle of it, hell, let's talk through it. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you if I'm in charge of implementing the change, I'm going to give you reasons as to why it's going to benefit
0: you. Amen.
1: So, all right, which all I right. think is another point is if you're if you're the one implementing the change, you better damn well have some reasons for each party involved you know, how it's going to help them do their job, make them more money, make their, their life easier. Right. Because yeah.
0: there certainly are those where I'd be the first one to say, you know what, this doesn't make sense for you. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. So,
1: well, Or there are those implementers, whether it be the dealer or manufacturer that just... I'd say, hey, this is the way it is. Right. You know, I really don't care your feelings about it, but this is the way you're going to do it or you're not going to work here.
0: Hey. And it may come down to, to them. That, yeah. so.
1: All right. Well, Ray, let's uh, wrap it up here. I want to thank everyone for joining us for another episode of Saturday Morning
0: Sales Meeting. Yes. We appreciate you listening, and we hope you'll listen again. Like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website saturdaymorningsalesmeeting.com where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email
1: us directly info at saturdaymorningsalesmeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray?
0: If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at com. And
1: don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and
0: fixed operation sides of the dealership.
1: Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us info at Meeting dot com. That's info at Meeting dot com.